Thanks for joining us. I'm Alan Burke, a landscape architect here in the Puget Sound region, and you are listening to the Green Meridian Podcast. I found myself ruminating on the French concept of the flaneur recently, or as the wiki defines it, quote, an urban explorer or connoisseur of the street. As I age, I'm, of course, slowing down a bit, and I can see myself as somewhat of a boulevardier, as they say, watching my surroundings more closely and having, dare I say it, the perspective to appreciate the work of those around me, of our talented staff and the camaraderie of other design professionals. I had the opportunity to travel some time ago, a whirlwind three-week tour of Europe by car with my wife and my three kids. My children are hardly that anymore, with the youngest graduating next year from college and the older two now working, one as an industrial designer with Peloton and another in medical school. As an aside, these are the same kids that told me they would be woefully behind because we wouldn't give them cell phones and laptops until they were about 15. But that's another story altogether. It's amazing what a kid will do when they're bored with books and art supplies lying around. Anyway, the trip, with the fleeting thought of the nuclear family in mind, we set out to take what may be one last just-us trip and saw some amazing architecture, wandered in lovely gardens, and spent some fine time together. It got me thinking about our modern hectic world and the fact that we don't take enough time to walk where we need to go and pause long enough to enjoy the landscape around us. The eroding time we have with our family is much more like the effect of time on the gardens we create as, without attention, our environments become unruly and chaotic. And so I was conscious, and I am still, about my need to be more of a flaneur, refining and redefining my focus. Methinks we would all agree that attention spans are diminishing as our internet-based narcissism demands instant gratification in the quick comforts of black and white thinking. Like a mental gummy bear, lots of chewing with no nutrition. But our world is, of course, many-faceted and multicolored in a way that, if ignored, will eventually demand our attention with sudden calamity or a creeping recognition of regret. Gardens, in particular, are a study in slow time, and as landscapers and horticulturalists, we have a saying about patience as we wait for our plants to fill in. The first year it sleeps, the second year it creeps, and the third year it leaves. I tell many of my new clients that if our planting design is implemented correctly, you'll likely feel an immediate need for more plants because the material has been spaced adequately for growth. Time evolves a landscape in a way that speaks to us of our own mortality, of course, as the turn of the seasons parallel the arc of our own time. Having decades in this vocation, I've had the rare opportunity to revisit my own works from years past and to see how they've evolved for good and bad. I've learned a bit about the environment and the hubris it takes to try to re recreate it. Nature might laugh in flowers, but it also abhors the often simplistic but well-meant ideas that purport to be called permaculture because, as we know, the only permanence is change itself. Mm -hmm. 
Years ago, when I was managing a nursery in Florida, I remember thinking about the fact that all of the myriad of plant materials around me had names. It's been a wonderful fascination for me to try to learn them. Incrementally and in glacial time, I feel like I have learned many of the plants that I recognize now in my daily activities and walks. The world of plants fascinates me, and it is just an endless myriad of possibility to think about the fact that you can never know enough. It feels daunting to me to think about how I started out and how naive I was about what I needed to know. When I train young designers now, I tend to compartmentalize the work into what I call the dozen things we do. And if a young designer is really not well versed in plant material, and many aren't, I try to get them to pick half a dozen plants in various categories of evergreen and deciduous and perennial and ornamental and native and all the varieties of trees in such a way that they can start assembling their thoughts around a finite group of plants in order to start to get a grip on what is a really challenging and endless compilation of materials. When I think about the idea of slowing down and giving a more careful consideration to the world around me, I'm really struck and worried by what I think is a fundamental sea change that we've experienced over the last 20 years. I want to be careful to say that I know that as we get older, we tend to take on, at least I do, this curmudgeonly aspect regarding the younger generation, but I do worry that something very basic has changed over the last two decades. I think it's a foregone conclusion to say that the new generation, let's call them Generation A, Alpha, I think that's what uh, the name is now, I think they're fundamentally different than the generations before them. Not only have they grown up with the internet, of course, but I think in many cases they're going to be growing up without a real desire to go outside and interact. This is such a fundamental change in society that I think we need to be very careful about how we decipher it and work our way through it. When I think about myself in my younger years and my own shut-in time as a teenager, reading comic books and drinking Coca-Cola, I know it was intermixed with running in the woods and building forts and starting fires and building things that explode. Not that this was necessarily healthy, of course, but it worries me that we have an entire generation that may not really be growing up with any interaction outside of their rooms. It's permeating the culture in a way that I don't think we really have a grip on. I read a couple of statistics recently that I found kind of troubling. One was that teenage girls are losing their virginity much later as opposed to generations prior. This may not seem like a big deal, and as a father, maybe it would feel like actually a positive outcome. But in reality, what it is is a reflection of the fact that young girls don't feel the need to socialize in the way that they did before. And this is a fundamental change, I think. There are, there is in particular a subset, I think, of millions of young boys that really won't be going outside at all. They're going to be in their rooms gaming. This is such a sad state of affairs to think about that it eclipses the fact that we are also going to be losing books entirely. I used to think we wouldn't lose books because, of course, they seem so permanent. But then again, I didn't think we would lose vinyl either because I thought that the album notes would be too small to read. So really, I'm not the person to go to to find out what's going on in the culture. But I know now that something fundamental has changed, and I hope that we can encourage a new generation of young people to take on the magic and beauty and passion that's required to be a good landscape designer. This is something that we really need to be putting more work into and resolving. I think we don't consider enough about the responsibilities of care. For some of us, maybe it's because we are in a flurry to finish. 
I think many designers would be horrified to find the state of their landscape designs over a period of years. More horrifying still is to see the layout that's been installed and cared for well that has grown well beyond its bounds and is starting to show the true nature of the materials that were specified and placed. In cases like that, you really have no one to criticize except yourself for overplanting woody ornamentals in such a manner that they become out of control. I do think we put too much cachet in the realm of permaculture in which we purport to say that we can specify and build environments in which they can become fully self-sustaining. This is simply not true. I think in probably 90% of the installations of this type, there is a good amount of care that is still going to be required. And while this may be part of the overall ethos of permaculture, I think the name alone gives the uninitiated the wrong impression of what's intended. Botany speaks to us in the metaphor of bloom on old wood, the continuity of tree rings, and the pigments of the seasons. Designs, of course, benefit and improve when the concepts are allowed to slow and to gestate a bit, and no one has a hammerlock on creativity. More innovative thinkers can input ideas with you over time. This is, of course, an argument for designing in spring for an autumn or a winter installation, so that you can spend a lot of time with the ideas, witness the most drastic of seasonal changes, and emerge fresh and in time for transplanting in late winter. That said, I do tend to overplant perennials, and yes, impulsively buy the newest thing in bloom for my own home. As Anne Lovejoy said about packing in the perennials, you only live once. So in that way, I am heartily the boulevardier. Thanks for taking your own moment with me today and for listening. Mm -hmm.